Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class. We are in Tachnun. Uh, I'm on page 192 in the Sim Shalom and 63 in the Slim Shalom. Today, I think we will wrap up and finish the regular non-Monday Thursday Tachnun. We were left with a question at the end of last week's session, which is how come the Slim Shalom adds this extra line on the before the Avinu Malkeinu Mitra, I'm in the middle of page 63. I'm at the bottom of page 192. The extra line of Yashavnu Gambachinu B'Zachreinu Etachinu. We sat and wept as we recall our kin who were slaughtered, suffocated, and burned to ashes in the time of our deepest distress. A clear reference to the Shoah. And we said, how come that's in the slim and not in the sim? How did it make it into the next edition of the conservative Sidur? Everyone with me on that question? Not if you sort of get the, you recollect the question. Okay. So um, I corresponded with a member of the, at the sort of suggestion, uh, indirect suggestion of Larry. I corresponded with a member of the Sidur committee. Uh, I don't want to say who, because I did not actually ask the person for permission to quote them by name on a podcast that gets, you know, recorded and preserved. So it doesn't matter who it was. But I said, hey, how did that line get in there, that extra line referring to the Shoah? So what the person told me was um, there was discussion in the committee prompted from some voices from outside the committee of how come there's no reference to the Shoah in our prayers other than on Yom HaShoah, right? Uh, an, an event of tremendous enormity um, in Jewish history. And um, we certainly have references, you know, if we're talking, if we're saying, oh, the Sidur is classical and there's nothing modern, well, we have references in to restoration of Israel. You know, we had Harachaman in Grace After Meals, Birkat Hamazon, Harachaman, who, Yivarechet Medina Israel Reshit Michakulatenu, or Harachaman Uvarechet Medina Israel Shitahe Reshit Michakulatenu, some people say. So that's in the weekday Sidur. So, you know, the Sidur adapts with the times. How come there's no reference at all in any specific way to the Shoah in our Sidur? I think the inquiries came from of uh, someone in a family of survivors. And the committee's response was, well, there could or should be such a reference. It should be in Tachanun. That's the logical place for it, because that's the the part of the Sidur, daily Sidur, where our register is, oy, 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 terrible things have befallen us. As we'll see more when we read the seven-paragraph Tachanun for Monday, Thursday, and so that's where we're going to put it. And that's why this extra line was inserted. So most of the time, we don't know why things are into the Sidur. And we invent, metaphorically, some committee decided. This is actually a case where literally some committee decided and we were able to identify who that committee is. Okay, 
I'll pause. Any question, comment, or what thoughts about that? Opinions? If you were on the committee, how would you have voted? Would you have included it? Would you have put it here? Would you have put reference to the Shoah somewhere else? Would you have said there's enough vague references to terrible things that befell us? So uh, uh, we don't need any specific reference. Uh, so I'm happy to hear reactions to that. I'll, I'll say something if you don't mind. If you, I don't mind. So first of all, it's such an obscure reference that it seems to me to not be very effective in achieving the goal that they want to achieve. Only insiders would know. Well, even you. Yeah, depends what you mean by insiders. Anyone who attends shul most days of the year, no, uh, meaning the assumption is this is for people who daven regularly because people who don't daven regularly don't say shacharit, right? And anyone who davens regularly recognize that comes from only one place in our liturgy, which is the El Malay Rachamim said for people who were killed in the Shoah, which we hear at Yisker, I don't know, four or five times a year. But go on, Larry. I guess I'm going to embarrass myself by saying I didn't make the connection, even though I should have. I thought that maybe it came from an older um, you know, some, uh, some older, older yeah. text. Uh-huh. So that's, so that's my first comment. My second comment is, um, I'm not, I'm not unhappy that they did it, but we've talked very often about which parts of the service are required and which parts aren't and which parts should be, not be changed and what can an individual do. But when a committee makes a change like that, which I, again, I don't object to at all. Uh, I think that they should also, I, not that they should also, I think it should also be clear that it's appropriate for even for individuals to thoughtfully amend their own prayers, which is re- reinforcing something I think that you've said from time to time. Right. Although thoughtfully has to mean halach, uh, according to, to a conservative committee would be halachically, meaning they might have had an instruction before Tachanun, uh, feel free to insert whatever personal laments you would like to add there you go okay a guide like that would be very helpful i don't even think that reuven hammer's you know um annotated sidur says that but it might somewhere well remember right remember the his annotated sidur is only a commentary on the sidur that's you know his annotations are meant to be a commentary on the sidur that we have okay any last comment on that before we go on so that's where it is so to show our reference and the committee decided. I guess my, my comment is a really general one, which uh-huh. is, you know, or a, almost a philosophical one. If we, um, if we assume that the, the Siddur is, you know, classical, as in it's a text that was closed at a certain point. Well, when is it closed? You know, as, as you noted, um, it, it certainly was modified along the way before it was closed right because yep. uh-huh. you know i mean obviously or right. and you look at the high holidays and there's all these you know all these few team that are added which is a different category of yep. additions but yeah anyway right but we have liturgy for um yom has yom ha'atzma'ut we have liturgy for yom hashoah right so so there is an attempt to 
not have the Sidur be closed. We've said that the Psalm that we said, Psalm 6 and Tachanun, wasn't there uh, 400 years ago. You know, Yizker was invented after the Crusades. So, um, which is why Sephardim don't say Yizker at all, because they didn't have the Crusades. Ashkenazim say Yizker. So, uh, yes, I'm going to say, and just reflect back, Ilana, and say, well, it raises the question of, you know, who said the Sidur should be closed? I guess I'll put it that way. Or the liturgy. Let's let's expand that. Let, let's say it in English that way, because there are certain things that are closed. Halachically, meaning if you said halachically, I want to change the Shema. Halachically, you can't do that. The Reform Movement drops the second paragraph of the Shema and much of the third paragraph but that's a non-halachic movement. But halachically, you can't change the Shema. Halachically, you can't change the first three brachot of the Amidah, the second, the last three brachot of the Amidah, and the Chatimah of each blessing, right? So there are certain rules about what can be closed, um, but maybe there's more flexibility than we imagine. Bernie? Yeah. Um, when was Tachanun introduced into the liturgy the prayer you know structure. over a thousand years ago yeah early early on you know or in the earliest cedarim in the seven and eight hundreds and but, first- but but that but it didn't necessarily have the final form we said shomer yisrael migrated in in the last few hundred years sephardim yeah. say a different psalm uh instead of psalm six you know which is probably what allowed our uh, prayer book committee to say, look, why don't we offer Psalm 30, Shiramalod, as an alternative? The Psalm is not fixed. Psalms are never fixed, really, you know, um, kind of by definition. So Terry, then Alan. So I'm sorry, Bernie, did you have another yeah, follow up? Is, is the general prayer book, you know, even from reform background, you can follow. But uh, this was new to me when I came. And, and so uh, I, I what what's the I mean I understand when we do it and I understand the content. Yeah. What was the purpose? Uh, what is the purpose? So I want to send you back then to listen to some of the podcasts from earlier mm-hmm. in our studies. But the short answer is because the Talmud says that when you finish the fixed words of the Amidah, one should not rush off to work or home. One should add words of supplication. And those words of supplication in 700s, 800s, 900s evolved into some version of Tachnun, which is we say, God, oy, 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 oy. That's the purpose of Tachnun. And the reform movement eliminated it because the tenor of modern liberal Judaism was to be embarrassed. Maybe that's, maybe I'm misjudging to be either to be uncomfortable with or to intentionally choose to minimize the tenor of the Jewish oy, 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 oy. I think that's true. Yeah. That's why it was, uh, that's why it was eliminated in some of the liberal movements. Thanks. Tachnun as a whole, as a whole entire block. Okay. Terry, then Alan. So Avi, based on what you said earlier, 
with regard to um, Yisker being added after the Crusades. Yeah. I'm curious if you know why after um, the Great Expulsion, the Sephardim didn't add um, something like Yisker. Don't know the answer. They did all kinds of things. They did all kinds of other things. But I don't know that there were that any of those other things left an impact on the Sidur. It's a good, great question. But as far as I know, they, as far as I know, they didn't. Right. By the way, the, the Yisker is added in the wake of the Crusades. That's kind of a hypothesis that lots of scholars say. There's no committee notes. I mean, it is, it is historically, factually accurate that Yisker was added after the Crusades. I don't know that there's any committee notes anywhere that says that it was because of the Crusades. Okay. And I also want to remind people that a thousand years ago, mourners didn't say Kaddish. There was no such thing as mourners Kaddish in the year 1000, right? So, you know, the Sidur evolved. So this question of Ilana's question of continuing to evolve, classical, when is it closed? Who decides what's closed and what isn't closed? Um, these are really good, you know, thoughtful um, questions. Yeah. Alan? Yeah. Just wanted to raise the issue that when you said that you can't change the Fatima and you can't change the first paragraph, and yet the conservative movement has done that in view of its halakha and its interpretation of halakha. So there, I don't know that the conservative movement has done that. There is a tshuva, a responsum, written by Rabbi Rambam and the conservative movement, saying that it can be changed. Um, and there are certain people, and we talked about this when we talked about the Amida, who actually add the imahot. So, so some people don't add the imahot because they say halakhically you can't change the first three uh, paragraphs. Um, I'd like to point out that there's A and B. Right. So both options are there, Alan. Uh, and also there are people who add the imahot, but do not, sh- but still say Baruch Hashem Magain Avraham because the halachic guideline rule, uh, whatever you want to call it, of not changing the chatima, the closing line, the Baruch Hashem line is seen as having greater force than you can't change the words in the middle. So there are people who add imahot in the middle of the bracha, but still say, Baruch HaTashem, Magain Avraham. And they say, I do this because I am egalitarian, but halachic. Was was the decision, was it just the, the necessary six votes to make it a validated option? Don't know. Or was it, or was it a majority next, opinion? Next time you r- run into Rabbi Rembaum, you'll ask him what the vote was on his shiva. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. That's an excellent idea. Thank yeah. you. Al. I don't know the answer. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to remind people that when we say things like, you know, the conservative movement changed it, that means there was a tshuva written that this was an acceptable thing to do. And it has probably since then become in more and more widespread practice, but is not universal and is not mandatory and thus is still in flux is kind of what I would say. Right. Um, la- there, uh, there was a Larry hand up. Is there a Larry hand up? I just wanted to mention in response to Ellen's question. It continues to be controversial. And um, Rabbi David Golinkin um, 
at um, Rashid Abraham in, in Jerusalem has um, disagreed with what his own shul, the shul that he attends, not that he's the pulpit uh, rabbi there, has decided to do. So it continues to to resonate and to vibrate or whatever. Got it. Okay, let's go on. Um, so I do want to I do want to finish uh, this part of Tachanu today. So we said let's take back it up. So we put our head down. We said oi oi oi. Okay, let's back it up. Vayomer David al God. It starts with a reference to that story, right? We fling ourselves on God's mercy. God is merciful. I have sinned. Then we say a psalm traditionally. Uh, classically in the Ashkenazi Sidur, Psalm 6, Hashem, I am suffering. It's all in the first person, right? Then we turn more communally to Shomer Yisrael, which we said was imported in from Slichot. Um, uh, God protect Israel. So we now turn communally and uh, the rest of Tachanon, I think, is in the plural, not in the singular. So we turn from the singular to the plural. We stay in the plural, right? Hashem, who is merciful, please turn towards this um, miserable generation, because unhappy generation, because we have no other helper. Then we have the added line, okay, if you add that line. Then Avinu Malkenu Chonenu Vanenu Kein Banu Masim Asei Manu Tzedaka Vachesed Vahoshienu, which some uh, the last line of Avinu Malkenu imported to this place in Tachanun, and um, that summarizes the whole idea of Tachanun very nicely. Right? We got I got nothing. Please be merciful. Then the next paragraph is all verses from various places in the Tanakh. Right, mostly Psalms, probably, although I haven't looked at it specifically. So it is actually a, I'm going to put it in air quotes, a prayer or a composition, which is actually composed by taking verses from here and there, which, as I said, I've said a couple times, was one of the earliest modes of prayer composition, one of the earliest modes of prayer composition in Talmudic and Geonic times was creating a unit by pulling a verse from here or a verse from there. We still have vestiges of that in the Sidur. Um, the verses that we say when we take the Torah out of the Ark on Simchas Torah. Okay. It's a prayer composed totally of verses pulled from here and there. Yehi Chavod Hashem Le'olam. One of the early prayers we say after Baruch Sha'amar is a line from here and a line from there. Um, the lines in Slichot on the high holidays, which lots of congregations skip because they're like two and a half pages long. All right. Those are verses. All It's a composition composed totally by taking a verse from here and a verse from there. Okay. The closing of each three of the sections of Malchiot, Zichronot, and Shofrot in Rosh Hashanah service, which is 10 verses, right? Three from the Torah, three from the prophets, three from, uh, from Tehillim, and then a 10th one. So this is a relatively early mode of how you compose a prayer. 
in post-biblical times. You compose a prayer not by writing something new, but by taking verses from here and there. There's a obviously some, it's not random, and there's some decision that they must flow together or be connected somehow, and you create a new composition by juxtaposing them. So here's that composition. So we don't know what, what can we do? We're looking to you, God. Remember your mercies. For they are eternal. Be merciful or show us chesed. Mercy, love, loving kindness, loyalty, faith, however you translate chesed. So show us chesed Hashem because we hope for you. Please do not take notice of our earlier sins. Um, may, but, but rather fa- greet us or face us with rachamim, for we are very beaten down, very low. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy, Hashem, for we have suffered contempt. What is the contempt we have suffered? We'll read about that in the seven paragraph Tachanun. Okay. But there's a sense not of just inner affliction, but of outer affliction, right? We suffered uh, contempt, mockery, derision. Birogez rachem tiskor. When you are angry, remember your rachamim. Okay. Again, it's very much like a child when mommy gets angry who says nice mommy you're nice mommy right you love me mommy right this is now now directed this line not to god everything was second person this line is third person god remembers our yetzer our nature or our yetzer hara meaning God knows that we are fallible and that we sin. Zahur kiafaranahu. God remembers that we are but dust. And but dust could be, that is why we have a yetzer, because we're physical beings. Or it could mean we are, we are but dust could mean we are helpless, powerless, and depend on God's mercy. Right? So it's fair to ask what's the, relationship of the second part of the sentence to the first part of the sentence, but that is one line. And then we turn back to God in the second person. Right? Help us, Hashem, our Savior, because of the kavod for your name. Help us and forgive us our sins for your name. Again, not because we deserve it, or because we're calling God to account, right? So the paragraph, I think, hangs together reasonably well, basically concluding Tachnon saying, we got nothing, so we are dependent on your mercy. I will tell you a minhag, uh, it's in the Shulchan Aruch, I believe, but it's not widely observed. Uh, you know, there are things that are in the Shulchan Aruch that everyone says, you have to do this. That's in the Shulchan Aruch. And there are things in the Shulchan Aruch that, you know, even though it's in the Shulchan Aruch, it's not universally observed. And that minhag is to stand up when you say, ma na'aseh, what can we do? And the explanation of that 
which I don't remember the source of the explanation because I read it when we studied Tachnun last time several years ago, is Vanachnu Loni Damana said, we don't know, I don't know what I can do here, God. We, when we're saying that, uh, what, there's a subtext, which is, we have tried everything. I sat down, sorry, we have tried every posture of supplication. We sat down, you know, during the Shema service, you have to be seated. Okay. We have stood up during the Amida, you have to stand. We have flung ourselves down in, in, uh, bowing down posture in the opening of Tachnun when we put our head on our arm, right? So um, the Minhag says, we say to God, God, I tried every posture before you. We tried every posture we could have. We sat down, we stood up, we bowed down. I don't know what to do. I'm giving you a visual. You have to look at me. I don't know what to do anymore. We don't know what to do anymore. The expression of we don't know what to do anymore is we stand up when we say manaseh. So you'll see some people who are versed in this who will stand up at manaseh. You're supposed to be seated through the rest of Tachanun, and there is a minhag, which I think is in the Shulchan Aruch, to stand up. And when you say, you're, you're not vanachnu loneda, but manaseh, right? I don't know. What are we going to do? And we stand at sort of a moment of almost exasperation, as it were. Sacred exact exasperation. We've tried everything. Okay. Um, so that without Monday, Thursday, Tachnun editions, which we will get to, I guess, starting next week, we'll, we'll race through them because no one has the patience to, I can't say no one. I don't have the patience to study them line by line. Um, but that's Tachnun start to finish. So we start out as an individual flinging ourselves on God's mercy. Then we turn to the communal saying, Shomer Yisrael, please save us. Avinu Malkeinu, please save us. We don't have any deeds. And then the theme of this paragraph is, we don't have any deeds. Vanachnu loni damanaset really follows from Avinu Malkeinu, right? It's God, it's all up to your mercy. It's not because we have any credit in the bank. We're well aware of that. Again, I wanted to point out we've stayed with the plural here. We haven't gone back to the singular. Okay. So the theme from Shomer Israel on is save us, help us. Okay. And we are flinging ourselves on your mercy, asking you to do this for the sake of your name, which could either mean for the sake of your reputation or it could mean for the sake of your essence, right? There's a whole, whole broad theology of, you know, what is God's, what does shame mean and what does it connote, right? It's God's reputation. Is it God's essence? Is it God's being? So I'm just going to sort of leave that kind of open there. I don't want to have a vote on that. I think it's meant to be, um, open and have multiple meanings potentially. Michael Lozer, I think you have a hand up. <clears throat> yes, Avi. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, really interesting, also beautiful that you end Tachanam like this and that it, in a sense that it's um, uh, it's recognizing uh, the, the tshuva is the importance of tshuva uh, and then putting it, you know, saying that we are dust, 
what are we to when you did that? What are we to do? It's sort of like, I guess, uh, a, a call in a sense that you have to then think that maybe the answer is, uh, you know, reach in the other pocket and pull out the note that says the world was made for you. And you can get up, uh, like you said, that menchag and start that day. Uh huh. Just individually mm-hmm. on a positive note, hopefully. Good. Good. Now, yeah. now the other thing mm-hmm. is that when you say it's interesting that that last part is in the plural, uh, you're doing it not just in the name of yourself, but also in the name of part of a community. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Nice. By the way, I want to say one thing. Chuva, if it's there, is only implied. I just want mm-hmm. to point out that closing paragraph. It doesn't say, I am yeah. fallible, forgive my sins, and I promise I'm going to do better. Okay. So it may be implied and I'm not objection. I'm not objecting, right? To, but, um, if that's how it resonates with you, but, but, but the toner of the tenor of it is we are fallible. Okay. And we feel somewhat, um, abject. I think that's not too strong a word. We feel mm-hmm. somewhat abject because we are fallible. That is our yetzer, which can either be yetzer hara or it could just mean our nature. Okay. Um, and because we are flesh, the, although the fancy way of saying that in classical Hebrew is dust, which means flesh is how we would say it. It would be our, our English idiom, right? We're, we're flesh and blood, right? It's a way of saying, uh, and again, sort of saying you're God, you are infinitely compassionate and merciful. We are finite and fallible. And so we depend, we turn to your infinite kindness and mercy because, because we have no other choice, right? The, the standing up in the mana, uh, uh, another way of experiencing that is I, I have, we have no other choice but to rely on your kindness. Other thoughts about Tachnun. We're sort of done with Tachnun conceptually. Okay, because the seven paragraph Tachnun is what is loaded into it on Monday, Thursday. But, but I don't think, I think Tachnun conceptually stands on its own without Monday, Thursday. We'll see how the Monday, Thursday editions, you know, if they add a different note to it when they, when they look to it. But I think, um, what we've done so far all hangs together as this is Tachnun. Other thoughts, comments. I like that Michael. Oh, leaves Tachnun uplifted. He stood up and he's ready to go forward into the day. <laughs> Good. Other thoughts, resonances. You, you know, I think it, I also think it's a constant reminder that uh, even if it's not, you know, take Chuva out of it uh, because it's not really in it, but uh, a constant reminder there's something larger than yourself in the world. Yeah. And that you are ultimately flawed. You're ultimately human. Yeah. And there's an interesting transition in Tachnon that we start with in the opening psalm with my misery, first person singular suffering. It's 
it's very, it's, um, although it does talk to God, it's just me and God, and it's very self-focused and focused on the suffering. And then it turned toward, it turns towards, but you are the out, you are our protector, helper, because you are ultimately not one, this implied, who gives us what we deserve. Okay. But you are ultimately, um, infinitely kind, loving, loyal, right? And that is why we turn to you um, for that which we know we don't deserve on our own merits. Ilana? Yeah. So what you just described, I get that it's singular at the beginning and plural at the end, but but the transition to um, what you just stated, um, so help us for your sake and all of that does that does that only i don't know does that only come to fruition um in those three paragraphs after shomer israel or i mean it seems to happen gradually yes yeah right because we did say in the miserable paragraph psalm six (laughs) help me save me right we didn't only say i am miserable right we said uh, i am miserable you must be angry at me Help me save me. Yes. Right. So, yes, it's it's not like just only misery, then we turn to God. It's all woven together. Yeah. And, you know, just a personal note. Yes. Um, my Hebrew is slow, but frankly, in the time allotted, I couldn't even read this in English. Um, I don't know, you know. Yes. And there are a lot of passages like that. There's just so much. Yes. And, um, yes. I certainly couldn't read it with, right. oh, I don't know, any. Yeah. Always the, always the, sorry, always the challenging balance between having Kavana in the Sidur and getting to the office. Yes. Yeah. I will just say, yes, that is always the challenging balance. Well, I've never been able to sing patter songs either. Okay. You know, not just getting to the office, but literally getting through the words in any language. Got it. Yep. Okay. Vered. Boker Tov. <clears throat> I'd like to ask a question not related to Tachanun. May I or shall you I just can, send you? You can ask, and I may say we won't talk about that now, but you can always okay. ask. Yeah. So here is my, it's not a question, it's actually an observation based okay. on what you said, that when we look at Hashkivenu and the choices of vocabulary there versus, not verses, but when we look at the prayer for the state of Israel, Avinu Shabashamayim, Zur Israel, I see almost the same phrases repeating themselves. Yeah. And so it's exactly what you were saying that we took in certain brachot, filot, We took repeated sentences from here and there and created a, another tefillah. Yes, and it's and it and I think that's intentional. I mean, it's unintentional in the sense that whoever composed these prayers, that's their vocabulary. That's the religious vocabulary that they're familiar with, right? So it's sort of automatic. On the other hand, I think it's intentional because it is meant to resonate. Okay, yes. so, you know, just like, I don't know, when you say God is Podeh, right, Redeemer, 
it's hard to not think about the exodus from Egypt if you've if you've been raised, you know, immersed Judaically. Um, you know, there there are certain certain core value laden religious vocabulary that is familiar to people from uh, you know what what yeah. what we're what we're raised with. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I always say to the rabbinical students, by the way, when I teach them, don't take this line out of context. I, I say to them, you know, what I really think you need to become a good, thoughtful rabbi in terms of your knowledge base is you should know really, really well the Chumash, the Sidur, and Pirkei Avot. For sure. I think if people have a good literary and conceptual grasp of those three works, you know, and they and they spend the rest of their rabbinic career never quoting the Mishnah or never quoting a Hasidic source or a commentary, I think they'll actually do pretty well as rabbis for people, right? Because the Chumash and the Sidur, the Sidur. and Pirkei Avot are kind of the classic repository of Jewish values as expressed in literary form that we have. They are the well that we go to over and over and over again. Do you know when Hashkivenu give and take was composed? Um, I'm, I'm, I am assuming it is in the earliest Sidurim in the 800s. Uh, whether it's actually mentioned by name in the Talmud, I don't know. I can work on looking that up. I suspect so that, it is. I suspect it is mentioned in the Talmud, but that doesn't mean that all the words in our Hashkivenu are. All in the they Talmud. are, yes. Yeah. Okay. okay thank I'll, you. I'll work on that. Let's wrap up for today. Next time we're going to talk about um, the seven paragraphs inserted into Monday, Thursday, Tachanun. And Chodesh uh, Tov, stay healthy, and the world should become a, mm-hmm. uh, a safer mm-hmm. place. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.